0: hello everyone welcome back to another episode of no choice love yourself podcast with your host Pragya and today I have uh with me Daisy Daisy and I kind of met at IHDS. we're both taking the same class at IHDS and You know, I immediately recognized Daisy's picture from Instagram, and just having seen um, her activity everywhere. And yeah, one thing led to another, and I just felt super called to have this conversation with Daisy. So welcome, Daisy. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I'm really happy to be here. Yeah, Mm -hmm. really happy to have this conversation with you. and see what comes up really. So I think a way that I always like to begin with is just maybe tell us a little bit about your design. um, And then a little bit about when did you get into human design? um, And kind of how your journey has been so far
1: oh my gosh (laughs) that's like where where should I begin well my um yeah my design that's maybe the easiest part to start with so I'm a 5-1 emotional projector um I have three channels the spleen throat connection so the brainwave channel I also have the, the 1333 so also a throat connection and then I have the channel of community the 4037 which is also really interesting because that it's there's a split between um that solar plexus definition with the ego and then the other part is the yeah spleen G and throat um so yeah that's me (laughs) and oh how did it all start you know um it was April 2019 yeah and I just had like a conversation with a a fellow coach I was also a coach back then I was a life coach and uh, a business coach Um, of my mental choice I will add to that (laughs) (laughs) I just invented that for myself and then tried to like manifest that and it didn't work at all Um, but she asked me during our conversation Daisy what's your human design type and I was like uh I don't know I don't even know what that is and so she invited me to have a look at my chart and she she calculated it for me and then she said yeah you're a projector I am a projector too I was like okay and then she went on like yeah you're not here to work and dang it immediately was like wow I'm I'm so intrigued now because I was in this trying to find my purpose, trying to find some kind of way to provide for myself and be worthy and financially uh, have some kind of, I don't know, support for myself. Uh, Even though I have a husband who earns enough for the two of us, but I felt like I need to do something too, right? So this pressure to really have a, a decent job But I couldn't go to work in the same way that other people do, like, you know, uh, just apply for jobs and then go to some kind of firm or whatever. Yeah, I was so scared of that because I knew I didn't have the energy. So becoming independent was like immediately for me the only choice. But then I started to like uh, think my way through it, right, trying to like come up with these strategies and solutions and then try to manifest it and it didn't work so the moment she said you're not here to work it was like oh my gosh this relief that I felt it was really amazing and of course then yeah the journey began of googling Mm -hmm. (laughs) like everything that was in my chart trying to figure out what it all meant Um, and she suggested to me maybe you should do a reading because she just got a reading from someone um who lives in the Netherlands and would do it by phone and I think within maybe two or three weeks after that discovery <laughs> I already had my reading and it was phenomenal really yeah the, the things that he said was like oh my god how how does he know that and he expressed exactly how I felt about myself, like these struggles I had and these uh, dilemmas that I felt. And yeah, it was really profound. But then the mental trip took over again. As it <laughs> so typically, <laughs> yeah. So what I did next was like, okay, maybe I can do something with this. And this could be my job. And then I could earn some money with this. So I'm going to study really hard and try to figure everything out. And then I'm going to, yeah, give that as an offer. I offer this to clients. And I had, of course, some life coaching clients. And I started like, testing out with them. But it was way too early and it was not by invitation of course it was just my mind coming up with these strategies again to (laughs) to like fix my life right so i i actually didn't really do it yeah for for the right reasons either it was it was so yeah it was purely out of that pressure that i felt so that didn't work (laughs) but the experiment was already yeah it already began at that time right because i knew about strategy and authority and then diving deeper and i was always working with my chart and other people's charts so it really began but i think it took me about three years to really um realize that this yeah conditioned mind was so strong that i thought i was doing human design but i was actually just having a mental trip with it (laughs) and I think it's it's then that something really started to land and I remember because I was also in the gene keys at that time you know if if you want to do it right you do it right so I I actually tried to study everything that had a link with human design I think I bought every book um, (laughs) that was available in Europe (laughs) about human design oh it was so crazy that um, at a certain point, I think somehow I landed in Amy Lee and, and John Cole's Living Your Design class. Um, I can't remember how, actually. So it, it was maybe by invitation, or it was maybe, I don't know, feeling cold somehow, but it was so different. And I heard Amy say at a certain point, projectors are not here to focus on themselves and to know themselves they're really here to focus on others and indirectly learn about themselves through seeing others and how they uh, live or not not live their designs and I don't know why that one sentence that she said yeah it, it triggered something within me and it was like I'm not doing this The way that i want to do this i am yeah it was like i was in the jinky so i was constantly focusing on myself and i tried to like i don't know be a generator in that way um and at the same time having that mental trap trying to like study and remember all these details and and then just i don't know i just threw them on my clients (laughs) without actually having this integration or having this lived experience of I I didn't even feel anything in my body at that time. And now it's so different. So something that <clears throat> excuse me, something something that Amy said triggered something in me. And then I had this shattering experience of oh my god what is this? And <laughs> I think it took me a few months to like I don't know come down from that it was I had this really really deep confusion all of a sudden um and it really threw me off and a lot of my old anxiety came back uh, because I was once diagnosed with an anxiety disorder and suddenly I had this I don't know I fell back into that old habit of worrying and and i was so fed up with this and with myself and with my mind and then i realized this is my mind this is really my mind um and i think that's the moment where i really started with a new awareness that experiment that is called human design and that was about a year ago a little more than a year ago and since then it's been I don't know. It's so hard to describe.
0: (laughs) No, I think you did an absolutely wonderful job at like taking us through your journey. I can just hear the channel of
1: prodigal just, you know,
0: it's, it's such, it's such a beautiful frequency too. And, you know, you bring up such, such beautiful points. I think the first thing that really sticks out to me is that as a projector coming into human design, it is absolutely so necessary to be seen by other projectors right because we are not designed to look at ourselves our aura is focusing on the outside and no matter how much we try to turn it inwards it's going to cause nothing but distortion you know we're not here to be able to penetrate ourselves and to be able to know ourselves you know that's not why we're here that's not how our aura works We're here to get to know ourselves through the other, but it can be very difficult in the North Self world because you know, everyone in the North Self world is especially on you projecting on you with your with your fifth line, that this is what you can do. And we live Mm -hmm. in a world that is very doing focused, right? That is 70% generators. So it is a world which is an energy world that we live in, and we're constantly being asked to be energy beings in it right and so there is no sense of really truly realizing for ourselves who we are and what role we're here to play and then we come into design and we have this experience of being guided by a projector who really really understands what it truly means to be a projector and it shift something within you in such a deep way and you know with Amy she is a pure individual right so mutation the way that it kind of happens it's like you almost don't realize it that it's happening but you know the clarion is is uh, sharing the message very slowly and it is changing something within you I mean I did my foundational courses with Amy and John as well and they're both individuals and I mean, I still to this date feel the mutation of their frequency and everything that they shared with us and everything that they empowered within us, right? So I think as a projector, it is such an important thing to be seen by other projectors in your deconditioning journey. And I think more so for me, because I'm a fourth line, right? I have a fourth line body and so I just need friends that can reflect back to me, my own being, you know, and, um, it has been incredible to have been able to come across people in design through classes and develop connections with other projectors and the guidance that I feel interacting with them, especially through this long deconditioning process, because like you so correctly pointed out, I mean, at least the first seven years it's not an easy time and actually Ra made it very clear it's a very very difficult process for projectors Mm. right because mastering yourself is this I mean you're not really here to master yourself but mastering others and through that being able to recognize yourself and through that being able to recognize your distortion is a process that takes a long time And it can be really difficult when we're deconditioning because when we start deconditioning and we start uh, separating ourselves from working, being productive, um, we start to feel like we don't belong in this world. You know, we Mm -hmm. start to feel like there's no place for us. We start to feel like, you know, the basic survival fears too come, come to the surface because it's like, okay, how am I gonna live in the world if I'm not gonna generate? How am I gonna live in the world if I'm not going to try to manifest? And it's such a difficult process to just start like, day by day, just trusting mechanics and trusting that you have a trajectory, you have a geometry and trusting that, I mean, you got invited into human design, you, you know, it came into your life for a reason. And now that you have this awareness and now that you have an opportunity for this awareness, right? Because just because you know about design doesn't mean you're aware. We have an opportunity for awareness at at our hands, right? But there's a reason we, we have that. And deconditioning is this process of slowly learning to trust yourself and slowly learning to trust the larger mechanics because you start to see it. And I think that's such a slow transition, right? Such a slow transition of, oh, like I learned about, say for example, heretics, but I actually see them in the world now. And that's one level of trust that I started. The more that I see the mechanics outside in the world, the more that I can really trust in their validity and the more that I can relax. But absolutely, I'm with you 100%. I mean, I'm super deep into design now, but it's still such a struggle. And I think it's important to, it's important to talk about that as well, because I feel like, yeah, it gets into design and it's like, yeah, now I'm, 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 I'm projector. It's like, you're, you're on your, way. (laughs) you're on your way, you know, you know, you're really learning about Mm. how things work. You're learning about your role in the world and, it's okay that it's a process. It's okay that there are days when you are distracted. It's okay there are days when you are transferred. There are okay that there, there are days when you're completely run by your mind and then you look back and you're like, holy shit. Like that was all mental, you know, that was all initiated by the mind. It's it's part of, of the process, right?
1: Yeah, definitely. You articulate that so well. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: We're yeah. both like
1: defined throats, so we can go on and on. <laughs> Definitely. And um, yeah. <laughs> the not self-sacral also comes in like not knowing when enough is enough. <laughs> then yeah. we keep going. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: for sure. <laughs> I think what I also wanted to sort of bring up was your profile. Your five one. Mm-hmm. Your a heretic investigator, right?
1: Yeah.
0: Um, what was it like finding out about your projection field? Um, was that something that you were aware of as a child? You know, just not not the projection field in particular, but just feeling like the expectation of people on on yourself and kind of playing into those expectations and kind of being that person that is not seen super clearly um mm-hmm. a lot and and then with your first line body that wants to retreat a lot and do its own thing and be in its own investigative process i just i think what i'm trying to ask is i'm really curious about what was it like growing up and you know now what is it like knowing about about your profile
1: yeah yeah good question oh such a journey with that profile hmm of course as a child i didn't know about the projection field but there was always i grew up with the idea that i was different and that was like always something that i felt from others like Um, I would say or do something and it wouldn't be what they expected (laughs) to begin with so I learned to adjust but that wouldn't work either because I would still disappoint people somehow don't I don't know why or how I did that and then would get a lot of blame is maybe a harsh word but it felt like indeed a disappointment always ended in people leaving me actually like yeah it's yeah it's really really interesting fortunately i did have like my own sanctuary to retreat to whenever i felt like okay i seem to be doing everything wrong i need to retreat i need to feel safe so that was that was really good i i had my space at home where i was alone and where I could like just do the things that I liked doing, like singing, listening to music, dancing, when nobody sees it or hears it, I would like crank up the volume and then sing with it, but against the wall so that no one would actually hear me come above the music. So uh, I could still like, yeah, do my thing. And I was also a book reader, um, loved to like, dive into even non-fiction when i was already when i was still young which was basically something that nobody did at my age (laughs) um yeah but the the five was really a yeah challenging thing because there was this the five in combination with the projector who sees i think especially because I would see things indeed, and then I would like this this pressure to get it out, right? I need to say this. I need, to, somebody needs to know because this is going all wrong. <laughs> but then not getting that invitation, not getting that recognition. And I think this was from an early age already. Um, I have some like traumatic experiences where I was like ridiculed or like even... I don't know the word in english him humiliated yes humiliated um, by teachers because i would express something and i think it was just exactly what what was what was going on but of course nobody wanted to hear that and it was a lot about structures and systems and how i needed to behave within that or have a role within that and that didn't feel right to me and it felt like i was fighting for myself even i think this is also my incarnation <laughs> <laughs> yeah for myself but also for others i also fought for others and then that would not be appreciated by the establishment the system whatever structure i was in like school And then I got into trouble and then yeah you just it blows my mind every time I think about those situations because I'm sure that some other people who would do similar things would not get punished as much as I was Uh, and yeah that's that's really the stories I could tell (laughs) (laughs) I think I could write a book about situations where I opened my mouth without an invitation to tell <laughs> something what I saw and then get into real trouble but like you just can't imagine the reactions that I would get and it really felt like I was burned at the stake yeah and the pain that you feel because of that and you start doubting yourself and your yeah your confidence is just going below zero it it really um yeah I don't know how to say that in English but it was like I just hit rock bottom at a certain point I was like burned out already before I was 21 and I couldn't continue my studies um, also because there were a lot of expectations and it seemed that I couldn't yeah I couldn't meet those whatever I did I just couldn't um I started to become an opera singer I really love music but the expectations of what an opera singer should be is so far away from who I am actually (laughs) and you can fake it for a little while but it's it's such an intensive study it's it's such it it just yeah it really touches your core because you have to sing with emotion and with a big voice and you have to really put yourself into that to be able to succeed but if it's so far away from who you are and you can only fake it for a little while you're bound to yeah screw it up (laughs) in the eyes of the others so my teachers were hardly ever um, ever satisfied with what I did and they couldn't really say what it was that went what well, that wasn't good enough for them and that was for me like I needed that information give me that information so that I can work on it but they couldn't really say it. maybe they didn't even know it maybe it was just that projection that that they had like this fantasy of who I am and what I could do and then also being a little bit surprised that I wasn't able to do it somehow um and so you have this mismatch (laughs) um yeah and that really floored me actually um so I had to quit my studies and then heal from that and it took me a few years to actually feel like I could go back in the world and do something Um, and that was also the point where I decided I need to become independent because I cannot go to some firm and work with colleagues. And I was just, I think that's the point where I started to feel that, um, if I would do that, I would run into the same problems because it's again, a structure and I needed to comply with that. And then I needed to meet expectations and it was just too much it was so overwhelming for me that I just knew well, I'm not going to do that I'm going to follow my own way and then you get different experiences <laughs> with the 5-1 <five> <laughs> then it's not within other people's structure it's not within a, a bigger structure like an organization or a school I worked one-on-one um and then you have these one-on-one weird <laughs> situations that sometimes, yeah, yeah, would come up with people. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. Yeah. And then when I, yeah, when I when I then, oh, do you want to say something because yeah, I would on. just continue, you know? Yeah, go on. Um, I have lots of questions
0: and like places I want to go to, but I want you to finish what you're saying first.
1: Well, I was thinking about the second part of your question, like, how am I like experiencing the the five one now. Um, Still in in these first years of my human design experiment, even though I knew about the five one, but knowing it's not the same as indeed experimenting with it. um, And having that awareness. It was still really hard for me in the first years but in that last year where i got this trigger and everything started to land a little bit more i really saw that i had this tendency to cave into the pressure to go out too soon and to share too soon and i know it's because i want to be seen and I think that what I'm sharing is correct and want recognition for that. So I always cave in just to this pressure. And in the past year, I'm not doing that anymore, not as much anymore. So this awareness has grown that I can really relax in my uh, first line seller. <laughs> Where nobody sees me and can can interrupt me with what I'm doing and I'm studying a lot, I'm reading a lot, you know. Um, I'm pondering a lot. There's a lot going on there, but it's not related to me interacting with other people, and it's not related to me sharing something. And through my authority, which also came a lot more tangible for me in the past year, I feel this nervousness when I'm not ready to go out. I feel this nervousness when there's not real invitation coming towards me and I feel it when it's more about yeah attention that I get or attention that I want and not about recognition so this nervousness that feeling really helps me to see okay I need to wait I need to wait longer maybe maybe the foundation isn't solid yet with what I'm working on at this time and maybe these are not the right people so I am seeing it like that and it really helps me this way like yeah it's it's been profound that shift that change and I feel so much more relaxed and I haven't really ran into these burn at the stake situations as badly as before so <laughs> yeah I'm touching wood now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, you don't even have to touch wood. It's just mechanics. When a five one is solid in their foundation, they actually only accept the projections that they can fulfill because they are sure that they have that foundation. And so you know it's a huge learning process for a five one to not go out too early, like you like you said. Because if you go out too early, then, you know, you've just gone out with this, with this hope of getting some appreciation and recognition and this feeling of success. But what ends up happening is that, you know, there's a lot of disappointment and you feel even more unheard and not seen than than ever before. And so it's really, really important for a first line body. And, you know, when the first line is unconscious, you're not really like aware of it right it's just a process that's kind of happening underneath then you know the the heretic is kind of up top that's like yeah I'm gonna save you I can I can solve especially with your guilt motivation as well it's like you know double five it's like yeah I'm gonna save you I can help you you know I I I see things with that with that channel of penetrating awareness in the now You know, I like mentioned some of the some of the things you were talking about, like, oh, I just had this awareness in the now that I blotted out because I just knew, you know, that's that's integration right there. That's like I know, but again, it's a projected channel. So it needs to be (laughs) invited. And so I think it's really, really important for a five-one to have that foundation and to really assess the projections and the invitations that they get and be really honest about what they can help with you know i think it takes a certain amount of awareness and also humility to be able to say yeah this is what i have a strong foundation in and this is what i'm happy to share or empower you with or support you with but actually, I can't, I can't do that for this, because uh-huh. I don't have that foundation. Uh-huh. And like you said, when, when, you know, you can meet the projection field in that way, then you're actually not going to be burnt at the stake because it's just, you're just honest. I mean, you you can still have, I see this often, you can still have people that kind of look at you with like, how can you refuse me that, you know, or you know you you have this within you because the like you have this projection field that says that i have something to offer you know mm-hmm. I, I i am attractive because i have something for you you know i can give you something practical and so people even if you refuse their their invitation they might look at you with distaste or be like you had something with you and you didn't want to help me you didn't want to save me you know and that's another negative projection but ultimately yeah. it's not going to feel bitter in your system and it's not going to have this feeling of like you said being fully rejected or feeling like being left you know or feeling like you were really punished for saying you could do something but then actually not having not not being able to do it or at least to the the projection level that other people had from you the expected yeah. other people had from you so you don't have to touch wood you just have to be <laughs> <laughs> just have to live your strategy and authority and you know as a projector i mean studying design can be just incredibly helpful anyway because mm. you get to see all of these mechanics play out and um there were so many things that that came up as you were talking um yeah another thing it was so fascinating that you mentioned that you were kind of training to be an opera singer because Mm -hmm. i remembered that your uh bridge to to your to, to bridge your split is 22 and 44 right yes 22 is that emotional mood you know like you have the 12 mm. in your throat yeah. so where is that emotional individual voice you know it is it is the the voice that is really really like deeply mutative and emotional when it's the right time and actually your not self mind would really really think that I, something's wrong with me because I don't have the 22, like something's wrong with me because I don't have the spirit. Like something's wrong with me because I'm never, I'm never in the right mood to be, to articulate my social openness as I want to. So really, really interesting that, you know, you were kind of moved in your life towards that profession, you know, and you know, that channel is very much closely related with music and the the voice that can really express the spirit the mood the emotion so i found that really really fascinating did you ever think of it uh, from this perspective
1: no but what i also discovered is that my mother has the 22 in an undefined solar plexus and we had a really really yeah Difficult relationship at times. I am so emotional and I have my ego to my solar plexus. So I took up a lot of space emotionally. And she didn't like it. And I sometimes felt that I I don't know. It was like she had a lot of dreams for herself, but it never worked out because she's also 5'1, by the way. She retreated completely from the world. Um, and it was like, through our connection, she's she's the one who uh, actually invited me into music because she's she's, she's a pianist, um, but just for herself, of course, not, not professionally. <laughs> so she invited me into that. I, I played the piano first and then I came on to singing, but I discovered later that she wanted to sing as well, but it never came out and I really feel this weird connection between our, us two like I'm needing to like having an outlet for that emotionality <laughs> but not finding that space and the how and the whatever the connections and then she has this music thing in her and yeah it just came out yeah and I have to say it actually saved my life because I I really felt it was not A really good outlet for me to get some of that melancholic heavy emotionality out of my system because I I wouldn't know how to do that otherwise so yeah (laughs) but it went it went very far of course (laughs) yeah
0: yeah I um a really close friend of mine so I have the 22 and he has the 12 and um he plays the guitar and like plays music but plays a lot around me and so i can really relate to what you're saying it's like i can just kind of set the mood and you know his voice can then do its thing right yeah Um, but it is it is something to just have one part of that channel and to kind of pursue that um especially pursuing that beyond you know just just a way of, of expressing yourself and moving through your melancholy. I mean, that to me is like your, your bridge, right? That is, that is what your mind wants to be. That is what it is chasing out in the world is this right mood? This this right feeling, this right sound, this, you know, this, this so true. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Really, really interesting. Really interesting. Um, you do have a defined solar plexus, like you said, and it Mm -hmm. is, I mean, is that something that you recognize within yourself, even before design that you were emotional?
1: Um, yes, definitely. Mm. because I also got weird reactions from people who are undefined, which like, gave me the idea that there's something about me and emotions that other people may not have in the same way. Um, Some people amplified it. Some people like avoided it like my mother was uh, someone who avoided it a lot, and I felt this coldness, and I tried to provoke an emotional reaction. (laughs) <laughs> and that would be our difficult relationship at times because she couldn't handle that and i didn't understand it and i saw it as there's something wrong with me because she's not she's not i re- she's not really reacting to what i'm doing here so it felt like sometimes i was screaming without sound um because she would she would just i don't know close off totally and avoid my uh she called it drama call it like that (laughs) and with my father he was an amplifier he really we would have these really big fights where everything came out from my system and he would go over that and scream even louder then <laughs> he's he's also emotionally undefined so i got a lot of feedback in that department of course i couldn't pinpoint what exactly was going on there but it made a lot of sense discovering that i'm emotional and my whole um, family of origin is not and they also don't have a defined ego so that was really interesting
0: <laughs> well, yeah I grew up in a family of um, four. So me, my brother, and my parents. And both my parents are defined emotional. In fact, they have the channel of community. So I grew Hello. up with channel of community parents. Uh, my dad has uh, synthesis as well from the root yeah. to solar plexus. But both define emotionals. Me and my brother, both undefined. My brother actually has an open solar plexus. And so, you know, what I really witnessed all my life was one feeling really responsible for the mood in, in the house, because I just felt it in, in such a big way, um, my brother's a one three. So, you know, he's really in his process a lot more than I am. I'm a two four. And for a two, four, you know, I mean, my parents were my confidants all my life and I spent a lot of time with them, of course. And so I just felt really, really responsible for the mood of the house and overcompensated and did a lot to make sure that things were peaceful, that things were um, just this baseline of what I felt when I was alone, you know, and I think this not being aware of the the emotional process can not only be harmful for the emotional person, but it's also super like Mm -hmm. difficult to manage for for the people that are non-emotional in the house. And Mm -hmm. I mean, what I really witnessed a lot of the times was also mentioning the word drama, also mentioning like you know why can't we just be calm why can't there just be peace like why do we have to have these confrontations because a defined emotional you know uh they just have to confront things you know otherwise it's yeah. just really unhealthy in their system there's just a mechanism within them where it's like for them to really honor their process whether they're aware of it or not they have to confront things um and so A lot of the times it ended up being you know just this push and pull of ah there's chaos and i mean when the highs were there i mean those were amazing as well but then there was there were always lows but now it is just Mm -hmm. made me so much to first of all not make myself responsible for what the mood is you know and secondly to also just honor when they need to confront things you know even if it's the littlest things you know especially with the tribal wave the confrontations aren't really like big and like massive they're just about little everyday things a lot of the times that i witness right they're about what like regular needs everyday mundane day-to-day life and now just having all of this awareness has just made my relationship with my parents. much better and also it has really helped me just look at at their awareness with so much more respect and their process with so much more respect because I can just see you know the wave cranking up and feel in my system or the wave going down and also slowly that them reaching this place of clarity and I know that you know for them it's also healing to to be allowed to like be themselves fully like like you mentioned you know define emotionals take up a lot of space and with that defined ego as well it's like yeah they kind of fill up the room they're meant to right of yeah. course they have that awareness that right now I'm in a low and you know I need to just take some time away and retreat you know yeah that's good but it's also I mean it's also really lovely to to be able to really have all of this awareness and to share it and to really watch their process kind of blossom and then just kind of take deep breaths i think that's a big thing that's a big theme with the solar plexus is like just breathing in to your low and like breathing 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 is one thing that really calms the nervous system down right and the nervous Mm -hmm. system is kind of what is attached with the solar plexus so i'm wondering now how different do you find your wave like because i noticed this with my parents before i shared with them you know everything about the solar plexus and the wave you know i the wave used to be full of chaos a lot of like my experience with them used to feel more chaotic whereas now i still feel the highs and the lows but It's just not as chaotic because they just feel more like they just it just feels like they've gone deeper into into themselves and their truth. So I'm wondering if if you've noticed a change in how your wave kind of feels to you.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that chaos. I felt a lot indeed because I couldn't make sense of what was going on, where I was on that wave or whatever was going on at that time. And now it feels, I can really discern, yes, this is this is good energy. This is energy that I could share by going out and be in aura with other people. But feeling the low, I know indeed. Just give it some time. Time to myself. Sit with that. Just, eh, Just give it some room. But not really going out because I know that could be like really hard for other people to be with. Um, and that's where also my ugliest, not self <laughs> expressions <laughs> would come out <laughs> because if I'm then triggered, then all goes all, all goes to hell, right? So <laughs> I know when I'm good to go out, I know when I'm when I would I should better just stay in and sit with that wave and just or sit with that low and give it some outlet that is healthy for me without bothering others but I do have my trustworthy people around me of course that I can sometimes vent to when I feel like it's too much to like be on my own with I'm I'm human too right so that's also something that feels important at times to know when I need a little bit of help soundboarding or whatever some space maybe a, a hug or some comfort from others um but those need to be people who can handle it of course and mostly these are people who are also emotionally defined I feel because they they can they recognize the same things in me that they have themselves at times and that's easier and it's not that overwhelming for them to be with that kind of energy so yeah and that's such a relief compared to what it used to be right i'm I'm not taking it personal for me as well like how people would react to what i what i express emotionally i know it's me most of the times and i know that it's just mechanics yeah and if you take responsible uh, responsibility for your mechanics everything everything changes so much um and yeah, that that really helped me improve a lot of my relationships, also with my parents. Knowing that they they are undefined, I don't see them see them as much. Um, but I really feel into my authority. When is the good time to really meet them? When is yeah, and how do I feel? And you know that kind of stuff that I wouldn't consider um, in the past because yeah, I would just want. An emotional reaction from them. <laughs> I, I just it was all about provoking <laughs> because I want to felt I want to feel loved and it needs to come something back, so I would provoke it, but that's that's not fair towards someone who is undefined emotionally. That's yeah, I mm-hmm. gave them a really hard time at times.
0: <laughs> yeah, and it's not something that you really understand, like looking back retrospectively, you can kind of assess those interactions and and realize like okay i could have taken more responsibility here that's not fair but you know when you're emotional and you're not aware that this is a mechanical thing that's happening within you it's a chemical reaction that's happening in your body i mean the way that your mind interprets that is so crazy right and at that point like you 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 don't know that it's gonna pass you know you don't know that it's it's a process right and so you want to find solutions and you want to feel loved, you know and especially like having been so close to so many emotional people like it's really hard to love yourself through a low right and so it's very understandable that your not self mind is really really like loud at that point of time and also that you want to feel love with from the people that you love and that you trust but being on the other side of that as as an undefined emotional I mean emotions are really difficult at the especially at the beginning you know like I mean you mature into becoming really wise about them I can I can see that slow transition within me where it's like I'm not taking the high or the low personally anymore and also realizing that it passes through and also that I can watch it instead of making it my own and creating stories around it but when you don't kind of um have that understanding or that awareness the experience is really threatening you know it feels Mm -hmm. like a personal attack and it just feels like it's not, it's not healthy. You know, I, I've, I've really watched, um, non-emotionals call emotional people, manipulative countless number of times in my life, you know, and actually, truly, that's not what's really happening there. Right. Mm -hmm. Having emotions is not toxic, but to an undefined emotional, especially when you're not wise about emotions or their value, you 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 really just want to kind of avoid them at all cost and of course you can't because 50% of the population is emotional you know no matter how far you run away from them you're going to you're going to bump into them or they're going to bump into you or you're going to have them in your life and you know that's when that's how the wisdom sort of starts to develop but i think it's such a such a process i think for both both emotionals and non-emotionals to become wise about and to really learn to interact with each other in a way that feels honoring of of both
1: yes yes definitely yeah yeah
0: i am also really curious because you're on the left angle cross of upheaval (laughs) That's another thing. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, and your personality sun is 18.5. Mm-hmm. And then your earth is 17.5. And then on the other side, your design sun is 30, 39. Yeah. yeah, 39. And then the earth is. Um, 38 right 38, yeah <laughs> I mean this is someone who you're laughing <laughs> I'm laughing because I really just am <laughs> curious to hear how you've seen it kind of show up in your life right because I mean think about that it's not just that you're on the cross like cross of upheaval mm. it's a left angle cross right so mm. it's transpersonal which means that you know it has karma to resolve Right yes. with other people through upheaval and that upheaval is um theoretical, right Yeah <laughs> that upheaval is judgmental
1: from okay. the beginning,
0: really suspicious of authority, you know yes. name, um has its uh, opinions with it and then that individual fuel to to just fight to oppose, to provoke. And so when you found out about your cross, were you like, okay, now my life kind of makes sense. And now looking back, are there any like instances or stories where you're like, wow, that was it. That was me living out my cross.
1: (laughs) Very good question. (laughs) Mm, When I first found out about the cross I didn't understand it at all it it was not something that I could see immediately I feel that I needed to like first decondition enough to see because it felt like it was pointing out parts of myself that I wasn't really willing to accept (laughs) you know as a little girl I wanted to fit in and it seems that I have a cross that just turned over, turns over rocks and it turns over like every rock that I could find <laughs> whether people like it or not so I rock the boat you could say when I'm yeah when I put somewhere in an environment um, and it's not something I can do anything about it it just happens naturally yeah and then you have of course that not south side where I would um, open my mouth without invitations makes it more difficult of course to accept across like that but now I feel like yes this is really this is as, as, of course I'm just I'm just past my Uranus opposition so it, it feels like it still has to like come out fully and especially in a correct way right but I do see that this is really me and something I just can't help doing <laughs> if I if I could say it like that so I do see that most of the situations where I was burned at the stake because yeah looking back I don't have a lot of situations that really stand out that I see that I did it in a correct way um it's probably too soon to say that or I haven't, with my 1333 channel, I haven't really reflected on uh, the past as much for those situations. Um, Plus, having to go through a lot of trauma that was uh, related to those burn at the stake situations, I felt I could also only see the negative side for a long time, you know, Um, and now I'm open to see different things. Um, but I do see in those situations that I was burned at a stake, it was me actually turning over rocks, rocking the boat, like, correcting what I felt was, or at least share my corrections with people, um, often also in opinions without necessarily having all the facts, <laughs> having all the details, because I don't have a 62 and it's in my undefined Arjuna. but I was so sure of myself, you know. <laughs> so that that came that, that definitely came out and then the fighting was the result often like um when it was put out by me then I would get this resistance and then I had to fight that like and felt almost like I had to fight for my life at times like this is really whoa if I don't fight I will lose so much it felt but also like um fight for what I really felt this is this is right this is so important this is you know it stands personal you are concerned about what would happen to a group of people or a system where people are in if this is not corrected or if this is not accepted as oh maybe we should look at this and see if it we can do it in a different way or need, what needs to change or whatever so yeah Yeah, I I do see it, but I'm waiting for invitations to express that naturally in a more correct way without all that not self-mind that I had in the past. And I'm curious how that will look like. And maybe I've done it, but I'm not aware of it yet. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Maybe I'm already doing it. Yeah, of course. But... hmm.
0: Yeah, and it doesn't always have to look like, you know, like a big event, we don't even realize the way that our cross kind of, and like you said it only matures much later in life so it's true that you're only going to be able to really see it in its its full potential in a sense now, uh, as you operate like yourself when you're correctly invited into situations where you can really be that savior you know that kind of you know corrects and has a solid foundation to back that up right mm. yeah. but my experience of my i mean i'm very very far away from i've just kind of i'm past my saturn return right and so i'm just kind of finding my right environment and you know kind of finding the right things to look at and settling into looking at those things. But I do see my cross show up in like really, really, really like small ways and situations, you know, so yeah, it's, but as a projector, it's very difficult to really see that for yourself, unless someone kind of tells you, you know, Your mm, friends yeah. are like, okay, wow, that was quite shocking in that pierce the surface, you know? good you penetrated I'm like yep yep yeah yeah Um, yeah it's it's such a long journey it's such a fascinating journey I think that's one of the things that design has just kind of like taught me it's like I'm not in a hurry for anything Mm. anymore you know there is this there is a process it's like the first 30 years of your life is kind of when you're just experimenting and just nourishing your brain and, you know, developing your brain and being in lots of different environments and that kind of around Saturn return, you kind of find the right environment for you. When you find the right environment for you, you have 20 years to look at the thing, you know, develop your view, nourish your view, nourish your understanding for me. And then at some point of time, you know, it all matures into conceptualization it all matures into your outer authority and it's really been such uh i mean i'm sure for you as well because you're an emotional being and it's a process everything's a process for me yes mental <laughs> protector everything's a developing process you know understanding is something that i mean it never ends right it's always building on itself So for me, too, it's just been so wonderful to kind of reach this place where I can just relax into my life being a process and enjoying the process rather than wanting to be somewhere or get to some place, you know, finally. Mm. Yeah,
1: I think that's the biggest change for me also, like this relaxing into what is at this time and not worrying about the future because... Who knows where we will end up and we have this navigation system, you know, strategy and authority. So we're kind of safe. (laughs) Yeah. I trust that more more. and more. Yeah. Yeah. As safe as we can be. And as safe as we can be. (laughs) It's still a not-self-world, of course. But yeah. (laughs) We're we're still alive, which means we're gonna die. So (laughs) yeah. Yeah.
0: But as long as you're in the process and you're really like with the process Mm -hmm. I think every day becomes really beautiful even if it's a shitty day like there are days when it's just I'm in so in my mind and just not in the best way like I can be in my mind in a very good way as a mental projector and I can be in my mind in a really really awful way for myself but even on on those days I just find that I learned something about myself or I learned something about the mind or I like reach a certain amount of clarity about certain mechanics. and it's just such a wonderful process, right? It's It's really lovely. And um, you mentioned, which I was which was something that I was curious about is being diagnosed with an anxiety disorder. Yes. And kind of what came up, for me was, you know, your variables. So you have the top two variables facing left. So you yes. have, uh, uh,
1: I'm forgetting the, the act, active mind focus. Yes yeah uh, um active brain active and and, and strategic. strategic oh my god yeah <laughs> this is what happens with rightness sometimes
0: it's like yeah i talk about it all day but sometimes i don't even know the word but yeah strategic mind and active brain and then you have the bottom two arrows facing right yes right so passive in your environment and a peripheral view and so essentially you know this is a person who's super active mentally right Uh it's it's a very very um deeply intellectual mind that is fully engrossed in what it is focused on and it it can just it's just something that's always switched on in a sense right Mm -hmm. and then you have your life which, which are your nodes You have your life which is meant to be really passive and so essentially this is someone who's here to be really really passive physically but really active mentally and i think the way that ra talked about is that you can drive yourself crazy thinking that you need to do something about all this thinking that you're doing but yeah. actually, you know, this this variable is here to be deeply intellectual, you know, they're just here to explore all of these different topics without needing to do anything about them. And you know, the doing happens, right? I mean, yes. you, you get invited into something, and then your ego shows up, and everything gets moving, you know, so there, there is doing that happens. But there is also for for the majority of the time this process of being deeply especially as a first line as well being deeply engrossed in your investigation process being deeply focused on things mentally mm. being actively involved in several things mentally but then this body is like super designed to be super passive so it looks like you're doing nothing but all day long the mind is just going and going and going and going and so i wonder if that has anything to do with you know the anxiety uh issue that you talked about also Mm. you have a defined spleen and the fears of the defined spleen, when misunderstood can Mm. also make someone feel really jittery in their body or really fearful so i don't know i'm wondering if if you have anything to say about this
1: or if this brings something up for you yeah it's really interesting i always thought that my anxiety came from being so exhausted that i actually couldn't keep up with the world but needed to somehow because i wasn't in that place where i could say or whether i was feeling uh courageous enough to say no um and then of course my mind takes a lot of space that's definitely so i all i'm always in that thinking active brain thing uh, strategic mind stuff um and i'm not active physically that's so true i can be active at times but it's not it's not what people would expect from someone my age i think <laughs> so when i have to be like in the world a lot and it feels for me like there's too much action in the body that is asked of me then the crazy the craziness begins because I'm getting exhausted my mind has all these stories about why I'm exhausted and makes up all these stories about splenic future like worries like this is going to happen if I do that and what if that happens I won't be able to handle that and this comes as overwhelming thing in my head. And then it shuts down everything and I get panic attacks. (laughs) Really, really, really nice panic attacks. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's, it's interesting. That relapse was interesting as well because I thought I was over it. I thought that I could handle my anxiety well enough. But something happened. Yeah, something happened. And it it all came back. And I started believing that story again of I won't be able to handle it. So there was was something asked of me and I couldn't give it. But I felt pushed to do it anyway. And then the mind comes up with all these worst-case scenarios. And then I start believing it. And then... (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah, I think I, I felt triggered and I needed to go to through that shattering moment and give myself time and really be passive in that but it was a few weeks before we traveled to the states and traveling for me is really exhausting and somehow I felt that was too much action for my body but yeah I just couldn't I couldn't say no or change it or uh, cancel it or whatever so I pushed myself too much action. The head is taking over panic 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 okay panic in the body and everything came back and then I suddenly take it I changed something in my mind uh, where I had this awareness at a certain point that it was my mind driving me crazy. Um and that changed everything back to regulating what was happening but I did go to the states and I needed medication to get there because I was so wind up and was so panicking over what was going to happen I needed medication Um, but I easily got off the medication after I just turned that button in my head (laughs) Yeah, it's it's really interesting, but it's I I've never related that to indeed the active mind and like the passive body. That's really interesting. That's and yeah.
0: And also being a first line, just having experiences of your foundation being rocked a little bit, you know, where you're feeling like you're solid, and then kind of having this experience come up where it feels like you're not so solid anymore. Like that can make a <clears throat> first line body really I mean panic right in a sense and you know underneath the first line there is the genetic continuity with fear you know right Um, the first line is introspective and it is introspective because it is wanting a solid foundation because it is fearful and so when a first line kind of gets to this place of okay there's a solid foundation here and my life here is like feeling really solid to me and you know I feel good about it and then suddenly you know the environment shifts and I mean Ra talks about this too is like when you're not in the correct environment for you you're really really vulnerable you know he um it was Shores natural and he kind of talked about how the only time that he kind of moved to the states wasn't in a shores environment his entire life kind of fell apart he went bankrupt his wife almost died his baby was in the hospital i mean there was this whole like catastrophe and um i'm in a really really strange way to noticing that now where it's like i have mountains environment mountains passive and I'm a hermit. I rarely ever leave my house. You'd be surprised at like how little I leave my house. Um, And when I do, and I go to these larger events where I'm like supposed to go and sometimes I still, I still have to, you know, like a wedding or whatever it is. Right. Um, I struggle. I always either come back with a disease or I always like some kind of an infection. And over a period of time, I've just kind of reflected on that. And I'm like, yeah, actually, my body does really well when I'm kind of up above everything else and I can look at everything else from a higher vantage point. But if I'm down there with the people and it's not the right call for me and it's not the right opportunity for me, then actually my body feels extremely vulnerable. And I almost always fall sick from that. So that can also be a thing, you know, like your yeah. mm-hmm. your shores, um your shores artificial, right? Yeah, artificial. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that makes sense yeah it's like this detached little bit detached little bit like having a wider view looking at you know boundaries and demarcation and sometimes traveling can feel so like i don't know it just contains you in this little box called an airport right and maybe you. oh know- yeah <laughs> maybe there's like big
1: windows where you can see the planes fly off and that's super relaxing for a shores person but that is true the 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 nightmare is the plane itself a 10-hour flight and then having to hopefully be able to sleep which never works for me (laughs) being so close to other sacrals 10 hours (laughs) and you have no space to like wind down a little bit you don't have any space there that yeah that really makes my mind crazy at times when I know this is coming oh shit (laughs) can I say that (laughs) yeah (laughs) um well yeah but indeed like If I have this, this view, a little bit of an overview, like different things are happening there than where I am, like, you know, on the border of different landscapes, sometimes it really, it really helps. Yeah, indeed. So if planes were designed differently. Just looking out of the window helps yeah I always take the window seat always and we even um, we had business class seats uh, with these pods like you know so I had this little cave like feeling I'm not caves but it's like my own space a little bit just to give that impression to myself (laughs) Um, and then the window indeed yeah and then it becomes dark and you don't see anything outside and What's also
0: interesting is like watching perhaps like movies, you know, Mm, or looking at some kind of content where you can see like an alternative reality or, you know, where you look out into something that's not here
1: could be helpful. But regardless, I I know that it's difficult. Um, I think there's a lot of factors coming together, a lot of elements that are just like piled up. Yeah. And then the mind doesn't trust anymore what is going to happen and takes over that's actually I think the issue and also when we traveled I wasn't trusting my experiment I wasn't trusting my strategy and authority so well I the mind didn't trust it so it was just too easy for the mind to take over I think my experience now would be different after a year landing in that experiment and relaxing. I'm not going to do it again unless I'm really correctly invited, but <laughs> but yeah, it would be interesting to see or feel the difference with uh, what happened a year ago. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna ask you one last question. I know we've been
0: talking for a while, um, but I don't know, I would really love to know, you know, if you really had like, one message to share with the world. I know that's like so much pressure. (laughs) You could absolutely be like, I don't want to say anything. But I don't know, I just have this, (coughs) I want to know, what would you tell people? What would you want to universalize? What would you want the collective to know? And
1: oh my god plug in. <laughs>
0: my first reaction is can i sleep on this What <laughs> actually you can, this can be... <laughs> i know you're emotional that's something that you have to mull over but I don't know. maybe you can tell me something that you'd want to correct in the world right now maybe even in terms of anything related to design or anything that you've been observing lately in, in the community, in, in the human Mm -hmm. design community.
1: Um, Yeah. 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 Maybe I can share something. Um, I had this recent, I will call it an insight (laughs) that, you know, a lot of, a lot of people in the human design world actually are, talking a lot about um their charts and and how that like expresses in their lives or what they experience in their lives how that is found in a chart and that can i see that with a lot of people i meet especially in the beginning of their experiment it feels intimidating like oh do I do I really need all those details do I really need to know my whole chart because I uh, I don't know if I will ever get there and I feel like I'm failing at my experiment because those people know so much and those are the people that everyone follows right they're like the they have this big following on Instagram or on Facebook groups and They're, they're, they're always everywhere in podcasts, (laughs) sometimes a little bit like what we did today. Um, and I, I feel like it's really important to say that it's not important to know everything and to like have to study everything from your design, uh, and know all those details and work with those details. You, You cannot even do anything with it it's it's the process goes its own way right so um I would just want to say that please relax like you already said halfway our conversation it takes time it takes time and it's for me, it's really about the foundation, spoken like a true first line. It is really about the foundation. And even after four and a half years, no, not four and a half, a little more over four years, I am still working, working with the foundation. I am still just yeah, seeing what strategy and authority means for me and and it's not about doing and studying it's really about relaxing into trusting that inner guidance right that inner whatever it is emotional or splenic or sacral or process-based authority authority. (laughs) yeah And I think that we shouldn't be intimidated, feel intimidated by people who know so much, but like honoring our own process, honoring our own experiment, which is very, very unique. And even when people talk about certain expressions of certain channels or gates or lines or whatever, it doesn't have to be your experience. Because there's so much what people say on podcasts and on Instagram that I feel like, I don't have that experience with that channel because you cannot isolate it like that right it's really it's the whole of the chart that works together and it's rather impossible for the mind to capture that it's it just it's impossible so the mind can isolate things and try to understand it and try to see it but it's never who we are it's just that little part that is taken out of the context but when you put it back in there and just trust that through authority and strategy that you will see after after some time or that you will reflect back and think, oh, that was that. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, I see this and that. Yeah, I think that's so important because so many people are discouraged in the beginning of the experiment. And I was too. I was too, actually. I hated raw for a while <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I even
1: went to cosmic human design because I thought that my chart wasn't right and I needed another I needed another one that felt better but it didn't feel better <laughs> so it's not about human designs I there's something that Mary Ann Winiger said um a little while ago she said we're not here to do human design like we're not here to figure that all out we're here to live our life as ourselves and I find that so beautiful yeah and it's stuck with me ever since she said that she's amazing <laughs>
0: yeah I mean I love that so much truly I mean I my Saturn return is actually a five one cross and so ever since my Saturn return to I've had this really strange experience of kind of a shift in my orientation or maybe that's not the correct way to say it but like an added like need for foundation and I've been witnessing kind of you know that happen in in my content as well where it's like. I actually have a deep desire to share about really foundational concepts again. And I'm really, really enjoying that. And kind of the feedback that I've been getting to is that this is where change actually happens. You know, Mm, where I mean, the mechanics are really easy, simple and basic. To, to understand, but then to live them out, that's your own unique process. And I think being in that process, and like, I mean, you said it really, really beautifully. There's there's so much that you can know, and then you know, still not be in your process. And there's very little that you can know and still be really deeply committed to being yourself in this world. And that's what this is about. That is what design. Yeah. Is about. Is about living your life as yourself and witnessing what parts of you come through in what way and what Mm. impact they have and what they end up doing in the world and you know really being able to witness that if we're doing our design then we're not seeing our design show up you know because trying to make it happen um and again the mind comes up with these preconceived ideas of what something is supposed to look like and granted there are certain keynotes for something that Ra came up with that are really accurate you know Mm -hmm. they, they really pierce the surface and they really really um explain the experience of that but then again it was just from his perspective and through his communication and it was you know it was something that came through him it is for us to discover for ourselves what our uniqueness looks like and how it shows up in the world so i think that's a beautiful place to end and <laughs> i have to say i really 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 enjoyed this conversation and me
1: too <laughs> it, was,
0: it was really <laughs> lovely um and thank you so much for coming and sharing your life experience so candidly and yeah it just yeah really really resonated with everything that you said